0: are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria Vagrada. If you would like to get your own four volumes, and soon we're going to be reading volume two, you can head over to Tan Books. Use the code PODCAST15 at checkout and you'll save 15% off. And there's a Facebook group for discussion. So you'll be able to interact with others about today's reading when you discover the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group. Today is day 85, and we are reading from book 2, chapter 22, paragraphs 755 to 764. Chapter 22, The Espousal of Most Holy Mary with the Most Chaste Saint Joseph. 755, On the day which, as we have said in the preceding chapter, our Princess Mary completed the fourteenth year of her life, the men who at that time in the city of Jerusalem were descendants of the tribe of Judah and of the race of David, gathered together in the temple. The Sovereign Lady was also of that lineage. Among the number was Joseph, a native of Nazareth, and then living in Jerusalem, for he was one of the descendants of the royal race of David. He was then thirty-three years of age, of handsome person, and pleasing countenance, but also of incomparable modesty and gravity. Above all, he was most chaste in thought and conduct, and most saintly in all his inclinations. From his twelfth year, he had made and kept the vow of chastity. He was related to the Virgin Mary in the third degree, and was known for the utmost purity of his life, holy and irreprehensible in the eyes of God and of men. 7.56 all these unmarried men gathered in the temple and prayed to the Lord conjointly with the priests in order to be governed by the Holy Spirit in what they were about to do. The Most High spoke to the heart of the high priest, inspiring him to place into the hands of each one of the young men a dry stick with the command that each ask his majesty with a lively faith to single out the one whom he had chosen as the spouse of Mary." And as the sweet odor of her virtue and nobility, the fame of her beauty, her possessions, and her modesty, and her position as being the firstborn in her family, was known to all of them, each one coveted the happiness of meriting her as a spouse. Among them all, only the humble and most upright Joseph thought himself unworthy of such a great blessing." And remembering the vow of chastity which he had made, and resolving anew its perpetual observance, he resigned himself to God's will, leaving it all to his disposal, and being filled at the same time with a veneration and esteem greater than that of any of the others, for the most noble maiden Mary. 7.57 While they were thus engaged in prayer, the staff which Joseph held was seen to blossom, and at the same time a dove of purest white and resplendent with admirable light was seen to descend and rest upon the head of the saint, while in the interior of his heart God spoke, Joseph, my servant, Mary, shall be thy spouse. Accept her with attentive reverence, for she is acceptable in my eyes, just and most pure in soul and body, and thou shalt do all that she shall say to thee. At this manifestation token from heaven, the priests declared St. Joseph as the spouse selected by God himself for the maiden Mary. Calling her forth for her espousal, the chosen one issued forth like the sun more resplendent than the moon, and she entered into the presence of all with a countenance more beautiful than that of an angel, incomparable in the charm of her beauty, nobility, and grace. And the priests espoused her to the most chaste and holy of men, St. Joseph. 7.58 The heavenly princess, more pure than the stars of the firmament, with tearful and sorrowful countenance. And As the queen of majesty, most humble yet uniting all perfections within herself, took leave of the priests, asking their blessing, and of her instructress and her companions, begging their pardon. She gave thanks to all of them for the favors received at their hands during her stay in the temple. The humility of her behavior enhanced the prudence and aptness of her words. For the performances of these last duties in the temple, for on all occasions she spoke in few and weighty words. She took leave of the temple, not without great grief on account of the sacrifice of her inclinations and desires, and the company of attendants, who were some of the more distinguished laymen in the service of the temple. She betook herself with her spouse Joseph to Nazareth, the native city of this most fortunate married couple. Joseph, although he had been born in that place, had, by the providential disposition of circumstances, decided to live for some time in Jerusalem. Thus it happened that he so improved his fortune to become the spouse of her, whom God had chosen to be his mother. 7.59 Having arrived at the home in Nazareth, where the princess of heaven had inherited the possessions and estates of her blessed parents, they were welcomed and visited by their friends and relatives, with the joyful congratulations customary on such occasions. After they had, in a most holy manner... "...complied with the natural duties of friendship and politeness, and satisfied the worldly obligations connected with the conversation and intercourse of their fellow men, the two most holy spouses, Joseph and Mary, were left at leisure to their own counsel in their house. Custom had introduced the practice among the Hebrews that for the first few days of their married state the husband and wife should enter upon a short study or trial of each other's habits and temperament, in order that afterwards they might be able to make reciprocal allowance." in their conduct, one toward the other. 7.60 During this time St. Joseph said to his spouse Mary, My spouse and lady, I give thanks to the Lord, most high God, for the favor of having designed me as your husband, without my merits, though I judged myself unworthy even of thy company. But His Majesty, who can raise up the lowly, whenever he wishes, showed this mercy to me. And I desire and hope, relying on thy discretion and virtue, that thou help me to make a proper return in serving him with an upright heart. Hold me, therefore, as thy servant, and be thy true love, which I have for thee. I beg of thee to supply my deficiencies in the fulfillment of the domestic duties and of other things, which, as a worthy husband, I should know how to perform. Tell me, lady, what is thy pleasure, in order that I may fulfill it. 7.61 The heavenly spouse heard these words with a humble heart, and yet also with a serene earnestness? And she answered the saint, My master, I am fortunate that the Most High, in order to place me in this state of life, has chosen thee for my husband, and that he has given me such evident manifestation of his will, that I serve thee. But if thou givest me leave, I will speak of my thoughts and intentions, which I wish to manifest to thee for this purpose. The Most High forestalled the sincere and upright heart of St. Joseph with his grace, and inflamed it anew with divine love through the word of Most Holy Mary, And he answered her, saying, Speak, lady, thy servant hears. On this occasion the mistress of the world was surrounded by the thousand angels of her guard, in visible form. She had asked them to be present in that manner, because the Lord, in order that the most pure virgin might act with greater grace and merit, had permitted her to feel the respect and reverence with which she bound to speak to her husband, and left her to the natural shyness and dread which she always felt in speaking to men alone. For she had never done this, except perhaps by accident, with the high priest. 762. The holy angels obeyed their queen, and visible only to her, stood in attendance in this glorious company. She spoke to her spouse, St. Joseph, and said to him, My lord and spouse, it is just that we give praise and glory with all reverence to our God and Creator, who is infinite in goodness and incomprehensible in his judgments. To us who are so needy, he has manifested his greatness and mercy in choosing us for his service. I acknowledge myself among all creatures, as more beholden and indebted to him than all others, and more than all of them together, for meriting less, I have received from his liberal hand more than they. At a tender age, being compelled thereto by the force of this truth, which, with the knowledge of the deceitfulness of the visible things, his divine light may known to me, I consecrate myself to God by a perpetual vow of chastity in body and soul. His I am, and him I acknowledge as my spouse and Lord, with fixed resolve to preserve for him my chastity. I beseech thee, my Master, to help me in fulfilling this vow, while in all other things I will be thy servant, willing to work for the comfort of thy life, as long as mine shall last. Yield my spouse to this resolve, and make a like resolve, in order that of offering ourselves as an acceptable sacrifice to our eternal God, he may receive us in the order of sweetness, and bestow on us thy eternal goods, for which we hope. 7.63 The most chaste spouse Joseph, full of interior joy at the words of his heavenly spouse, answered her, My mistress, in making known to me thy chaste and welcome sentiments, thou hast penetrated and dilated my heart. I have not opened my thoughts to thee before knowing thy own. I also acknowledge myself under greater obligation to the Lord of creation than other men. For very early he has called me, by his true enlightenment, to love him with an upright heart. And I desire thee to know, lady, that at the age of twelve years I also made a promise to serve the Most High in perpetual chastity. On this account I now gladly ratify this vow in order not to impede thy own, In the presence of his majesty, I promise to aid thee, as far as in me lies, in serving him and loving him according to thy full desires. I will be, with the divine grace, thy most faithful servant and companion. And I pray thee, accept my chaste love, and hold me as thy brother, without ever entertaining any other kind of love outside the one which thou owest to God, and after God to me. In this conversation, the Most High confirmed anew the virtue of chastity in the heart of St. Joseph and the pure and holy love due to his Most Holy Spouse, Mary. This love the saint already had in an eminent degree, and the lady herself augmented it sweetly, dilating his heart by her most prudent discourse. 7.64 By divine operation, the two Most Holy and chaste spouses felt an incomparable joy and consolation. The heavenly princess, as one who is the mistress of all virtues, and who in all things pursued the highest perfection of all virtues, lovingly corresponded to the desires of St. Joseph. The Most High also gave to St. Joseph new purity, and complete command over his natural inclinations, so that, without any hindrance or any trace of sensual desire, but with admirable and new grace, he might serve his spouse Mary, and in her execute his will and pleasure." They immediately set about dividing the property inherited from St. Joachim and Anne, the parents of the Most Holy Virgin. One part they offered to the temple, where she had stayed, another they destined for the poor, and the third was left in the hands of the Holy Spouse, St. Joseph, to be disposed of according to his judgment. Our Queen reserved for herself only the privilege of serving him and of attending to the household duties. For from intercourse with outsiders and from the management of property, buying or selling, the most prudent virgin always kept aloof, as I will mention, farther on. 5.52 and 5.53 This concludes our reading today for Day 85, in which we read from Book 2, Chapter 22, Paragraphs 755 to 7.64. In today's reading, we learned so much about St. Joseph. And if you remember in yesterday's reading, Mary was so worried about who it was that she was going to be betrothed to. Would that person honor and respect that vow of virginity that she made very early on in the temple? And God's ways are better than our ways. And so what does God do? God gives to her a spouse who himself, at the age of 12, vowed his life to virginity. And so now you have these two virgins who are entering into a virginal marriage. I know that there are some traditions that say that Joseph was an older man. He had a previous wife. He had other spouses. But in the mystical city of God, according to Venerable Maria of Agurda, that is not what took place. That Joseph was a virgin. That Joseph at the age of 33, maybe that's old for those standards But he's not the gray-haired statue elderly man that we see in churches or other depictions of artwork. He's a younger man, and now he's going to be the protector of the Blessed Mother. And one of the aspects he'll protect because of his own virginity is that of her chastity and her purity. We also see that God orchestrates everything. Joseph Formerly lived in Nazareth, so you wonder, to Joachim did Anne know Joseph? But God, in his wisdom, brought Joseph to Jerusalem, and because he was there in Jerusalem, it was then that he was able to be selected as the spouse of the blessed mother. and then we heard much as we read in the Protoevangelium of James that the flowering staff and that signifies that Joseph was the one chosen by lot to be the spouse of the blessed Virgin Mary. But God orchestrated this. God brought Joseph there so that then he could return with Mary to Nazareth and there take care of all of the things of her family estate. And we we also heard about that tithing that they did, that they gave a third to the temple, that they gave a third to the poor, that they kept a third for themselves. And so they do tithing. Really, the Holy Family is a great model, a great example for all of us. And how beautiful it is that we learn about St. Joseph today and how then God amplifies his grace in his life. He made this vow of virginity and God is giving him the grace to persevere in that to tame his sensual desires so that he might always be the chaste guardian of the Blessed Virgin. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I'm grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. May God bless you and Mary pray for you.